Happy Father's Day to every father. What a day to remember fathers. What a day to remember fathers. What a... We take it for granted, the order of things and the way God set it up. And the institutions of the home and how he set the home up was intended to never be broken. And we can see the result in, in our world today for not following what God has ordained. Is that better? Well, then, can you hear that? All right, let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning thankful that we can gather together and share your word. Lord, as we celebrate fathers here today, Lord, I ask that you just bless each and every one that's represented here and those that couldn't be here. Lord, give, give the men of, of each family the strength and the courage and determination to stand fast to you and your word. We're going to see an example here in Scripture this morning, Lord, in Abraham. And his faith and his commitment and his obedience to you and the blessings that flowed from generations on after him because of what he, he was committed to you. I just pray, Lord, that you would open each and every eye here, each and every ear, especially those of the men. And that, that we see how important we are in our families and how important it is that we remain right with you and obedient to you. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So, if you will, turn with me to Genesis. Everybody, I'm sure, is familiar with this story that we're going to reflect on this morning. Genesis chapter 22. And this is not, per se, a Father's Day message, but it is a Father's Day message. They're all Father's Day messages. All of them have ap application to us, don't they? But Genesis chapter 22, and here I want to I I take a look at Abraham. And Abraham is old when God gives him Isaac. And for years and years and years and years, he and Sarah thought they weren't going to be able to have children. God blessed them. So, if you think for a moment how special your children are to you, Isaac was just as special to Abraham. I'd like to say more special, but that, that's not so. We all hold our children very dear and to our heart. But, but Abraham was given a, given a son when he thought there was no hope for a son by Sarah. Of course, he had Ishmael. I mean, uh, I've gone blank. 
Yeah, Ishmael. And so his pride and joy, Isaac, he has. What he had wished for all these years was a son. And God's fixing to test him. God's fixing to test him. Those same kind of tests, maybe we may not be driven to an altar with our kid, but God tests our faith. He tests our obedience. And when we are obedient and we are faithful, blessings are multiplied to our families and beyond. And that's what we're going to see here this morning. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. Now this is only the second time that, that Abraham has heard from God himself. Okay? So the first time would have dropped me to my knees, right? Much less a second. But he says, Abraham. And can you imagine the response? And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now can you imagine what is going through Abraham's head? You see, I want, you to, I want to point out to you right here. He says, take now your son, your only son. God knows it's his only son. And he knows it's, he says, whom you love. He knows that, that, is, that, that Isaac is dear to Abraham's heart. You say, well, why in the world? God uses those things that we, 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 we draw so dear to in our life, He uses them. Those are, those are wonderful things for Him to use in our life. Why? Because we have to make a choice in whom we shall serve. Those things are Him. And He says, He says, Take your only son Isaac, in whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now notice here, Abraham doesn't get into a, con uh, into a conversation with God. He doesn't start begging and pleading like Scott would do. He doesn't start trying to, to convince God that this is not a good thing. Don't we? Don't we? What, is, what does Abraham do? So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. It doesn't say here, and I, I mean, I'm assuming Abraham didn't utter a word. The Bible doesn't tell us he did. I can tell you what I would have done. I'd have been wallowing in the floor crying and screaming. I'd have thrown me in the biggest fit there was. Trying to convince God 
that that was an awful idea. Why? Because my, that's, how, that, that's how little faith I've got. That's how obedient I am. But it, it doesn't say that Abraham did any of those things, did it? What it says is, is that Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering. Now there's a lot, there had to be a whole lot of conversation going on in Abraham's head. Of which God could see. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. If God knows every thought in which we possess, and when we get to the end of this, he's going to say that Abraham was absolutely faithful. His attitude was, Abraham's attitude and, and, and his thought process had to be absolutely correct. Because just because it didn't come out of his mouth doesn't mean that it wasn't happening. Man, I, I, can, I can picture myself and apply. I might not have said anything, but all of the things that are going through my head about how to convince God not to do this and beg God not to do this, that must not have been taking place. Because God knows our thoughts. Now you talk about a faithful gentleman, an obedient gentleman, Abraham knew without a shadow of a doubt that God's plan was perfect. And that if, if God intended to work out His plan through Isaac on that altar, it was absolutely the right thing to do. And that he was not going to question it. So he saddles his donkey, gets the two young men, and he splits the wood. Hmm. Not only that, he puts it on Isaac's back. But he says here in, in 3, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Now, not only that, it was a three-day journey. There was a lot of time. There was a lot of time in between. It wasn't just a matter of, hey, go get Abraham and go put him on that altar and sacrifice him. He, he, had, to, he had to stew on it. He had to think about it. He had to soak in it. Doesn't God make us soak sometimes in, in the circumstances he puts in our life? Abraham had three days to change his mind. He had three days to rebel against what God had told him to do. But he didn't. Verse 5, And Abraham said to, the, to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go up yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. What did he say? He said, we. 
He said, we will come back to you. He believed that God would come through. I don't think for a minute. I don't think for a minute that, that he absolutely knew that, that, that God had promised him a good ending. And that, that he was going to be faithful. He, he had stomped both his feet in the dirt and said, I will obey my God. I will be faithful to my God at whatever the cost. And if he tells me to take my son up this mountain, I'm going to do it without question. But he said, we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood off the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand. Now let me ask you real quick, real quickly. Who else do you know in the Bible that had to carry his own cross? So Abraham took his wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. Look here. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father? He said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, Abraham's not a baby anymore. I mean, Isaac's not a baby anymore. Think about how inquisitive our kids are. When are we going to get there? How much further? Why are we doing that? Who said that? Isaac's, Isaac's no, he's no dummy. He's seen that his father sacrifice animals. And here they're going to make a sacrifice and they don't have a, they don't have a lamb for a sacrifice. He starts, he starts asking questions. What's, what does his daddy say? He says, my son, in verse 8, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Well, I wouldn't want to tell justice, hey, it's you! <laughs> no. The answer was absolutely correct. He said, God will provide himself a lamb, whether that be Isaac or something else. Abraham is still focused 100% on God providing through these circumstances. And he is still 100% focused to being obedient to God in these circumstances. Children, there's just sometimes there's some things you just don't need to know. When mama and daddy tell you it ain't none of your business, it ain't none of your business. But I can't imagine leading Isaac up the mountain. He's seen his daddy with these sacrifices. He knows 
Do you think he might be hesitant? I probably not. He probably, probably hadn't dawned on him that it was him. But it's going to in a minute. And oh, what a lesson we have in that. Then they came to the place, verse 9, of which God told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wooden order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Boy, don't, don't you imagine, uh, oh, Abraham's guts are churning right about now? Don't you know he's just sick at his stomach? He's human too. He's flesh. Well, what about Isaac? Well, I don't know about I I don't know about any of your kids, but Justice, I'd have to chase him down when he when he figured out I I was fixing to put him on an altar. It Isaac by this point's big enough to fight back. He's old enough to fight back. But look at his attitude. Look at Isaac's attitude. Completely and 100% submissive to his father. I'm sure he had thoughts in his head of, have you gone crazy? He's big enough that it would take quite an altercation, I'm sure, if he was fighting to get him bound up and put him on the altar. But from what we read right here, we, all we can assume that he was completely submissive. And he says he bound him and laid him on the altar. Doesn't say anything about Isaac begging and pleading, does it? Doesn't say anything about Abraham saying to Isaac, it ain't going to be you, just, just, just lay there. We've got to go through this. At this point, they are 100%, I think, convinced that it's fixing to take place. And both of their attitudes are worth noting here. Abraham is completely obedient and submissive to God, and Isaac is 100% Completely submissive to his father. That is a family lesson, folks, that will test time. There is reasons why God ordained the family like he did. Children, you don't always got to like what mom and daddy tell you to do. But as long as you live under their house, you got to do it. Unless it's going against God. Period. Period. But Isaac lets him bind him up. Puts him on the altar. Verse 9, I'm going to read it again. Then they came to the place where God told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Oh, can you imagine how he was weeping? Doesn't tell us that. Doesn't tell us that. I just can't imagine what was going on on the inside. And how hard it must have been to raise that knife. Isaac, looking you in the eye. 
But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Can you imagine? I bet he went, Whew. <laughs> Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. You talking about rejoicing, huh? I bet you there was some rejoicing and praising God going on. But just in the nick of time, when Abraham thought all was over for Isaac, and Isaac thought all was over for himself, who stepped in? An angel of the Lord. Just as in our circumstances, if we're obedient and faithful, just in the nick of time, God's going to step in. He's going to make provision. The problem is, is that faithfulness and obedience when we got the knife up and the going gets tough, we want, we want to squirm. We want to look for alternate routes. Not Abraham. Not Abraham. He didn't, he didn't make compromise. He was 100% obedient. And right at the end, delivered. Delivered through that trial. Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Verse 13, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Now, I don't know how long the ram had been there, if it had been there the whole time. Doesn't matter. God provided it. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Now, I don't want to miss the fact of the example that Abraham has just set for Isaac. Mama's daddies, grandmama's granddaddies, you don't understand the example you set for your kids and your grandkids on a daily basis. Abraham just gave Isaac a lesson that, that couldn't be bought. Isaac just witnessed the unwavering faithfulness and obedience of his father. I, Abraham just, just acted out and, and lived out before him exactly how to walk with God. No better testimony, is it? 
No better testimony. And, and here we are. We get caught up in our day-to-day lives and acting like little titty babies at times right in front of our kids. Instead of the godly men and women that we're supposed to be. The faithful and obedient men and women that we're supposed to be. That's not just a part-time job. It's every day, all day, 24 hours a day. Their little eyes and ears are watching you when you least expect it. Hey, I fall short. You can ask my kids. I promise you, I fall short. Doesn't change the fact that I need to do better. But Abraham has just gave Isaac one of the greatest life lessons that ever could be seen. Right there in front of his own eyes. Verse 15, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, Did I skip? 14? But let me back up. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies." In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. You you think it's important to be obedient? Don't, Don't you think it's pretty important to be obedient? So Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Obedience. Faithfulness. It's imperative. It's imperative that that we be exactly obedient to the light that God's given us. And each and every one of us have a different amount of that. It's it's imperative that we we remain faithful. And, and true and understand that God has not and will not forget about us. No matter what set of circumstances and trials we're in. He's already decided the provision. He's already made the way for us to get through that test. I can't imagine... I just can't imagine being in Abraham's position. There's a reason why it was Abraham and not Sky. I probably wouldn't, I'm sure I wouldn't have done as well. But when we are obedient, fathers and faithful fathers, we're blessing the generations behind us. When we're not obedient and we're not faithful, we're cursing the generations behind us. 
It's pretty black and white. Either you are or you're not. Thank God for fathers. Thank God for what He ordained in the family. And, and may we as a people have our eyes opened and our hearts revived and turned back to the God-ordained family. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Y'all stay put for just a minute. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this example in Abraham. We thank You for the way You design families. Lord, as a people, we've, we've trashed it. We live in a world that has rebelled against it and discarded it. But the fact of the matter is there's only one way to raise a family and that's your way. With a man being the head of the household. Lord, I just lift up each and every family that's represented here and those that couldn't be. And I lift up the fathers and ask that you would bless them Keep them, strengthen them, give them courage to be faithful like Abraham, to be obedient like Abraham. Lord, not to waver in the tough times, but to be strong and stand fast so that their families might be blessed for generations to come. These things I ask in Jesus' name, amen.